everyone, welcome to episode 139 of the Fitness Devil podcast. We brought Sam Pogue with Brian Cron on here today. These are two of the smartest minds, uh, the wisest guys in our industry. We want to share their experience going through the COVID pandemic, just like the rest of us all are, and their wisdom, how to survive this and thrive on the other side. This one's a really valuable and fun episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Shut up and sit down. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Um, sometimes the off-air commentary is so funny that I can't get the laughter out of my system. We've got Sam Pogue on here today and Brian Cron. We're doing another one in the series recently where we're seeing what the industry thought leaders, what they're doing and how they're handling. We're in the middle of the COVID pandemic. So I keep saying this every time we start out an episode, maybe you're lucky enough to be going back for our archive a year and a half, two years from now. This is all over with and we're all breathing, breathing this giant sigh of relief and thank fucking God that yeah. didn't pass. Or, or worse, COVID-20 has come out and it's the zombie version of it and we're all living in gated communities underground. Uh, and uh, yeah, then chances are you, you're- Gated communities underground? <laughs> <laughs> That's how it happens. Like they don't, they don't dig, like that would take so long to get infrastructure. I, I, I run a little far afield here. Uh, Sam, <laughs> if you're not familiar, we have Sam on uh, once as a guest. Sam's a VP with True Coach, so online training is a big thing right now. And then Brian, in his record sixth appearance on the podcast, returns. Oh, uh, so it's great to have you guys. And uh, I just want to throw the floor out to you guys and start sharing. And the reason before they introduce Sam is that, like, I was just watching this shit. This is a good story. Well, I don't know if it's good, but you ever seen that Too Hot for TV from Netflix? I looked at the preview. Well, anyway, it's like whatever. All these like 60 people go on and they can't have sex, but they want to. And it's yeah. like whatever. But there's like yeah. everyone's from UK or US and they all sound funny to us, to Andrew yeah. and I. And there's this one chick that's from Canada. And I remember thinking of my wife, like she just sounds so normal. And that's why we have Brian on because there's not that many Canadians that like we can talk with that don't sound funny. <laughs> like Sam, you sound super funny. And every guest we have on sounds funny, even though we probably sound funny to them. So that's why we've had yeah. you. It has nothing to do with your fitness prowess or writing. <laughs> Um, it's just like you're more like us than you want to believe. You need to get Andy Morgan, long, thoughtful pauses with Andy Morgan back on here uh, exactly. for a really good accent. Anyway, yeah. uh, back to topic. What, what was the topic? Let's just get Sam, what, what have you been up to? Like, what's, what's life like uh, right now? Man, for us, you know, it's been obviously remote coaching, just went from a uh, kind of known about thing uh, to uh, everybody does it. But not only does everybody do it, uh, everybody is attacking the same audience because there's no, there's no one's training in person, right? So everybody went from a in-person coach or hybrid coach to an online coach. And so many people look at online coaching that it's, uh, oh, I'm just going to like write some programs down. And then I'm sitting on a fucking beach in Bali doing nothing. Uh, when it's like, it's actually a secondary business unit, right? It's actually a thing that you actually have to have a clear value proposition. You have to have a market. You have to understand where the funnel is, what the client experience is going to be and how, how, how much effort you're going to put into it, right? Like you can't go into it going, oh, I'm just going to, you know, kind of laissez-faire go into it and you're programming. It takes you nine hours to program for someone. And then it's like, oh, I'm working like 90 hours a week for 10 people. And then you're so scared of sales that you've rolled back your prices like your Walmart. So you're charging 25 bucks a month for programming. And you're like, I don't understand why I'm broke, right? So it's a lot of that and a lot of, hey, we got to teach general business, right? Like, Hey, what is your market? Who is your market? Who are you talking to? Right? Cause every young coach is, I can train everybody. And you're like, okay, it's great. Uh, but who do you work with and why do they work with you? Right. And so we, you know, we have this support group now and it's been this, uh, arena for me to try to deliver content and, uh, help coaches all of a sudden go from like no online presence to an online presence. Right. Cause most of these kids right now think that like, Oh, I need to be online. That means I got to start posting on Instagram. And it's like, whoa, okay, we're like nine years before that. Like, let's, let's chunk that back a little bit. And, you know, I'm like, let's, what's your value proposition first? And like, what's that? He's like, why do your clients train with you? Uh, uh, right. Like, and so then it's like, okay, well, how long does it, where's someone going to come from? Like you, you thought your in-person business was slow building online is going to be even worse, right? Cause now you're battling everybody. And what's even worse is you're battling the people who are good at it, right? Like I might talk business, but I'm not the social media, like, Hey guys, check out my cute new orange top. It makes me look like I have a C cup instead of a B cup, right? Like it's, I'm not that person, right? Like yeah. you could, I post some shit on, on social, that, but. Based on that, you could be, that was like a really good impression. 
Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I, did, did that do it for you? Were you guys like really? Can I can I make myself an Instagram influencer on LinkedIn now? Did that really fast? And like, no, I know people can't see it on the video, but like you had it now. Yeah. There's there's this account on the on Instagram. I, I know we're kind of getting off topic. It's called. Let's see what Brian has to say because Brian was doing the shirtless selfie before. Well, Brian would like this. Uh, Brian's yeah. Brian's older. And he's probably seen the generations grow up. But there's this account called uh, Influencers in the Wild, and it's like oh, I've seen that influencer uh, influence or whatever. And there's it's just like. You see people on their phone doing that, or someone like filming them, like running around them as they're like posing in the middle of like a street, and it's just like, anyways, that's what you look like. Uh -huh. <laughs> I did work it on it, so I mean, I, I mean, I had a lot of training. Yeah, like, there's a lot of that going on it on it. Oh my god! But, but basically, things have transformed. Yeah. Instead of like now that everyone's flooding in, I think it's been a common theme with a lot of the online stuff we've had. We had uh, Jordan Syatt and Mike Vicanti. But long story short, is there's been people who've been doing this for years, and now everyone's jumping in. And they're yeah. just they're just shitty versions of they're making the yeah. good people look really good right now, and it's, yeah. it's gonna be interesting how this whole thing plays out. And Brian's pro Brian's probably a good person to have an opinion on this because you brought up a thing about Instagram, but Brian didn't get on Instagram until like two years ago, I want to say. But yeah, been online training for like since like it wasn't even a thing. Did you just need better bifocals to see the screen better, or like what was the thing? I know they were giving you shit about being old earlier, but you know what was two years? I mean, it's a long time. I am old, man, but no. I the reason I'm not on Instagram is I do everything alone, and I just and I just hate bugging people at the gym for selfies, and I think that's lame. I go there to work, and uh, well, Instagram's all my dogs and my kid. <laughs> well, how have you been dealing with this? I know I know it's not all about yeah. all like, but how how have you kind of changed or kind of any like wisdom in terms of like because you've been through stuff like this before, like not me, not nothing the recessions. Um. You know, I I was pretty co pretty cocky going into this because I knew I wouldn't take much of a hit, yeah. and uh, but I also knew in the back of my mind that once you go a few paychecks, you know, people people have to make some tough choices. So I've I've definitely noticed some business going down and applications are down, and um, so I'm just giving a lot more value. I know that sounds cheesy, but because uh, this and just brushing up on my skills, like I'm I'm building a gym in my basement, so I'll be doing I will finally be doing more video content that way. And I, and I just think the industry is not going to be the same. And you know, I, I thought at first this would be like a two-week aberration, you know, and everyone would just do their bands at home and then go right back into it. But it's not going to be like that. This is going to be kind of it's going to be a slow build. So well, where, do you, where do you think it's going? I guess so to speak. Everyone kind of has their own opinion, but it's kind of interesting. Like where do you where do you see it changing? Um, I do think that the the days of the the big ass fitness center and you go in and you pay your 40 bucks a month and maybe if you want personal training you pay their trainer whatever like that that model the good life the the, the golds i think that's on its way out really yeah and i think if you got like a small size like a you know not necessarily one-on-one -on -one studio that'll always be here or like a you know a five person at once kind of spot that'll be that will survive um but for what i do like i'm just I'm going to be doing a lot more stuff directed towards what people can do at home. So basically just more, you know, balance, scale down my exercises, stuff like that, scale down my programming a bit, a little bit more home gym friendly, um, and just make it really good programming, much more getting more out of those basic exercises, you know, with the other loading parameters, as opposed to, Oh, use the reverse hyper, you know, that no one, well, that, that was one of the things, again, and I don't know what Andrew or you could add that, like, that was basically echoed with everyone we had. It's just like, the training hasn't really changed, even though it's at home, but you still yeah. have to like, kind of be creative, but then also offer the same value. And a lot of the coaches yeah. or, or even gym owners were like, how do you, how do you give more in, in this time so you can build equity over time and, and build it long term? Right. Maybe that's somewhere where we go with you, Sam, like, what have you guys been doing at... Um, a true coach to kind of do that. I'm assuming you're doing that. Maybe you're not doing anything extra. Maybe you're just being the worst. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can assume that. You know, it's interesting that you meant, you know, going back to uh, the comment about uh, being cheesy and it's cheesy. It sounds cheesy to us because we all spend so much time in the same circles that we're hearing the same thing. And it's common sense. Yeah. Like in this conversation, if you're here, like not one person is going to go, yeah, my everything's fucking changed from the gym environment. Like I got to deliver more value, right? Like that's just business one-on-one. Yeah. But on the other end of it, like I'm dealing with a lot of like entry level trainers. It's like, that's not the conversation people naturally think about. Yeah. Right. Like people are like, Hey, I need a temp. Can someone give me their template for next, like for a week of training or something? And they're like asking for other people's workouts and trying to sell them. And I'm like, Whoa, hold on. This is training. This is what, this is what you do. 
right? Yeah. And it's like, so it's not cheesy, right? It does need to get say, said, right? Mm -hmm. Like the more I've been in this spot, in this version of my job, and you see that like, yes, in our circle, it gets old hearing it, but like how many of our circle, like we're all gonna be safe out of this, after this, right? 50% of the industry won't be, right? Mm -hmm. In 2008, you could have been a CrossFit box and you're gonna do good just because you're a CrossFit box. Mm -hmm. But by 2014, right? You sure as hell had to know how to run a business and run digital marketing and run ads or run some sort of acquisition strategy. And so, but the game became so flooded, right? Now we're looking at, look at the orange theories taken off. F45 grew up a fucking shitload, right? Uh, Equinox is expanding quite a bit, right? They're jumping in the hotel game, right? We're starting to see this unique game in fitness where it was getting more popular. People mm -hmm. weren't necessarily getting healthier, but it was getting more popular, which training's always been really easy to get into, right? It's a weekend course. Mm -hmm. And we can all sit and say like, oh shit, we hate the way the industry is so easy to get into. But the only reason why I'm in this industry is because I couldn't get a job in 2008. And so I sold memberships at 24 hour fitness yeah. right now. But like, I've had to vet myself. Like it's very uh, important for me knowing that like, I didn't go and intern for, with Eric Cressy and then spend four years at Exos and then do this and this and this, mm -hmm. right? Like, it's like, okay, but I'm in the front of the room a lot because I was on it during the peak of growth, traveling the world, being in the front of the room, teaching, you know, riding that wave. And it's like, oh yeah, okay. It was super important for me to go. If you're going to see me in the front of the room, you better also see me going to every freaking course, every doing this, talking to this person. So I've taken 30 seminars or workshops or, you know, in the last four years. So it's like, yep, not one person out there. They, you may not like what I get to do because I got to do a lot of cool shit, but you sure as heck can't not respect the work I put in to do it. Right. So the industry has grown at such a rate that like it's really dispersed. So I want us to encourage us in this, in this circle to don't worry about being cheesy because kids need to hear it. Well, that's the whole point of it. I know Andrew had a point, but the whole point of what we're doing with you guys on here is to like, hopefully there's someone listening that's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Even though it seems easy, it's like we're bringing on people that are kind of respectful and, and kind of yes. present these ideas. And yep. so that they understand when I want to get there, this is what I need to do. And Andrew, I'll let you go because you, you had something there. Well, yeah. something that's, we haven't discussed yet on any of these episodes, but it's actually quite relevant. Um, number one is we don't know when things will start opening back up. But yeah. no one has been saying is, it's going to vary by place. It's going to vary for a number of reasons. Yes. One is the nature of the political governance in the state yeah. province. I'm yeah. in Alberta. We are more conservative, Saskatchewan, more conservative. So the conservative, more economically focused states versus the far left leading states yeah. and provinces, the economically focused ones will open up sooner. That's yeah. one. Two, states like New York, New York hammered with this. New York has yeah. like, a major percentage of the cases yeah. in the world, except for yeah. the stuff that China's not telling us about. Yeah. So New York is going to be really slow, especially a place like yes. Manhattan, very urban environments. And they're also a liberally governed state. So you may not see a commercial gym space in New York City reopened, fuck, maybe not even in 2020. Who knows? Yeah. Okay? Yeah, no Another way. thing that's going to affect this is the, the degree to which your government is supporting businesses. We're in Canada. You know, we're definitely getting more support than the Americans are getting, yeah. where uh, our prime minister just announced, I think it was 75% uh, for small, medium-sized businesses, which would include gyms, uh, rent support. So, you know, a lot of commercial landlords are going to get support. So it's going to wow. less of these spaces get knocked out. I don't even want to think about what things are going to be like in a place like, again, Manhattan for someone Manhattan who... Manhattan has as many people as us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> these will affect how soon these gyms open up and then let's look at you know ryan talked about commercial gym spaces there's going to be regulations the cleaning stuff is going to be much more stringent than it ever was yeah. you're going to have restriction of the number of people in the buildings and the physical distancing rules are going to be very strong yeah. so the, the point of all this is we actually don't really know when or what we're going to be walking into so it probably is a really good idea to be versatile one like going back to sam uh it's not a bad idea to explore online coaching. There are also going to be less people with the income to be able to spend on this stuff. Not only are all these people going into the market competing for the same people, they're competing mm -hmm. for a lot less people searching for this. Mm -hmm. Physical fitness is less of a priority for a lot of people than it was, and it's not an affordable option for a mm -hmm. lot of people. Mm -hmm. So these are some of these realities. Now, that sounds very doom and gloom, and I'll conclude with this and go back to you guys. There's going to be a ton of opportunity here. Yeah, we are going to see a mass exodus from our industry. Yeah. I think the the industry leaders will find a way. They're going to be fine. And funny enough, I think a lot of the new trainers, the younger ones who still live with their parents, 
the ones who haven't really gotten running and don't have mortgages, they're probably going to ride it out and they'll jump back in. Right? Mm -hmm. It's a lot of the middle that's mm -hmm. in a lot of trouble. The people who, it, on a good day, are stressed out about how unstable our income is. They're nervous about that. And then this shit happens. What the fuck do you think they're doing? They're going to be rushing out. I'm going to get, I'm going to become an EMT. I'm going to become a paramedic. I want to go get into nursing school. I want to go get a stable government job or the, one of my favorites, go get a corporate job that has a secure salary because yeah. we've seen how secure that shit is right now too. Yeah. So my point is this, if you're someone who loves doing this and it's a rough ride for a little bit, there's going to be opportunities on the other side. Things will reopen. It'll take some time. If you double down and find a great way to, and this goes to what Brian was saying, just give everything you have to support your clients. I have clients who are really trying very hard to support me. And thankfully, yeah. I'm able to yeah. not only just survive, but I'm doing okay right now. And if you always approach it that way, and if you survive this, shy of aliens invading next year, it could happen. You are going to have a good career. 100%. Side on this one. That, that was a yeah. Sam level of rent. This has been like a, a thing. I love it. Everyone's been getting Andrew going. And yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, let's look at online training before though. Like it was before you got into online training because you as a coach were like, I can't keep trading the dollar for the hour, mm -hmm. right? I have to find a way to get some passive revenue coming in the door in some capacity. Well, as personal trainers, we know individualized programming. We know face-to-face -face interaction. We know curtailing an experience to be like, oh, you need ipsilateral half kneeling overhead presses and you get contralateral half kneeling overhead presses, right? Like you get to like choose that game. You get to play that game when you're remote. Well, not everybody's ready for that, right? Like all of a sudden, like you're, you don't have the ability to coach someone the same way. So all of a sudden you're the thing you do. Oh, I have to switch from like getting to do it this way to like, I have to do it this way. Right. And with video and like, those are like the two biggest challenges coming in. Like, Ooh, do you know how to communicate how to swing a kettlebell in like three steps? Right. And then like coach them progressively with video when you're not with them in person and give them tactile feedback and then like make them feel safe and do all the things that we already have to do and then progress them and play the game. Uh, so it's like, that's where it really becomes a linchpin really hard for kids out of the gate. So you have to interesting because that's where you guys kind of fit in. I'm not, this isn't a true coach ad, but like, <laughs> like the quality of videos and the app and stuff, it's there to kind of do that. But the one weird thing with that is like the people who are coming up like Brian and who've done this, they, you have the experience. I don't want to say it's going to make people less fragile, but it's like you have that group and you have to support them in a different way to give them those skills because it's technically easier to do it. They get the app, they get all the videos and stuff and, but they still have to like grow and evolve as a trainer, which it, I guess that's the problem. It's not a problem you're creating, but it's kind of a problem of everyone jumping into this too fast without actually doing those things. Like all of us have made videos and, and done these things and learned these skills, but you don't have to anymore. But like it does make you fragile in certain situations. Brian, I want to hear from you. Me? Oh, yeah. I'm terrible. I'm terrible on video. But, oh, yeah, uh, you, I, I should have. I should have said. You know, <laughs> any, I, any, I didn't mean you, but right. people yeah, no, I know. <laughs> in any way, shape, or form on the stuff, the stuff we've been talking about. Yeah. Well, um, I do think that I kind of had an epiphany about this. I actually just wrote about. I just wrote about this for my group. I love. I love saying push, stuff. Like yeah, that. we'll push this. Yeah. So yeah. Plug for you. Um, I was when this first happened. I guess it was about six weeks now. Even shut down around that. Ish. I was kind of I was kind of excited about it. I thought, oh, cool! You're like two weeks, we'll be talking about this when it ends. Oh, that was a fun two weeks. We did nothing, and then as it went on and on, it just became clear to me this is not like I say. This is going the beginning of the change. Yeah, and uh, and of course, change is hard. And I got you know, I, I got a little insecure about that and anxious. But now I'm like, I think it's really good for the industry. It's going to force going to force a bit of a call, some people to leave, and other people to really drill down, and. Um, I think it's going to bring expertise back because it was getting, not to sound like it, you know, say it. Yeah. Just, there's just, just way too many people repeating each other and not a lot of people sticking their neck out and saying, no, this is how things are done. And this is what you should do and be able to back it up. And so and that's what I was getting at with the video yeah. stuff. It's, it's, it's like, it, it doesn't put people on the spot to get better and evolve. Yeah. But, like, cause it's so easy to, to be shitty and just copy stuff. Like I, I know it totally. sounds really bad, but it's just like, there's so many templates. Like Sam was saying, I'm just getting my friend's template and you can sell it. You can literally join the true code, put a template on. Yeah. I think you guys even have templates on there already. So it's, it's, yeah. it's, but 
But again, that's good for business. But I think that long term, the evolution will. I, I, I we always alluded to the reckoning, and I feel like we're kind of at the reckoning. So maybe yeah, yeah. the future. But what does that look like? It's kind of maybe where we go with this, and that's kind of yeah. Ooh. And then just right now, too, with Georgia opening up, I think this will be the worst for our industry because a lot of people are going to get sick again. And now people, other governments are going to be like, we're shutting all this shit down for a long time, you know, until there's a vaccine. And, you know, that might take, that's, that's going to take a while. Well, this yeah. actually <laughs> is another interesting thing about it. Yeah. You all, you know, after what, four or five weeks, you see protesters with guns in various parts of the U.S. Now, I don't want to get there, Andrew. No, 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 I don't want to. Let me go, let me go, let me go. I don't want to get political with this one, but (laughs) basic understanding of the difference between the way that North Americans are, you know, Americans in particular, Canadians as well, versus comparing it to uh, Scandinavian countries. I know Sweden's doing something a little different. Taiwan, these these countries where they have a more collectivist attitude. And don't discount the fact that you will not be able to keep the population compliant with this for an extended period of time. And that's going to create a whole yeah. different issue. I mean, we're going to probably start seeing people injecting Lysol pretty soon. That's going to get scary. That was, but, a, that was a new meme. Did you see the meme this morning? Oh, yeah. I don't even <laughs> want to hear really about There's one with Trump smoking a vape that was Lysol. I was like, oh my God, the internet is like so awesome. And the, can the governor, mayor of Las Vegas be the person that's the, the test dummy for the Lysol injection? Did you guys see that video? <laughs> no. Jesus. But if no, you haven't seen this, no. I actually, oh, when we're done, watch it because I think, in terms of intellectual honesty, I mean, I don't agree with her, and you can paint her out to be kind of nuts. I like Anderson Cooper. Is this like, for real? Like this happened? Yes. Coming from, I'm not agreeing with her, but you got to listen to her points and her perspective. Oh, about I understand that. Yeah. Right, but it's important that people. There's a lot of straw manning going on in this. And we're not going to politics right now. It's not politics. It's not politics. It's it's the straw man argument that anyone who doesn't want us to lock down for 18 months and save every single plausible life is somehow this demonic, evil person who wants to kill everyone. Mike Isertel did a great job on this one on our last podcast. But what we're seeing is people on all sides of these debates and I, and I think it's a good idea to stay the fuck out of them on social media if you're a trainer yeah. with your clients but all sides of this stuff is straw manning and taking the worst most like the lowest common denominator argument from the mm-hmm. stupidest most yeah. inflammatory person on the other side of it and taking that to represent yeah. what everyone on that particular part of the argument like, uh, before it, we move on Mike like <laughs> This is kind of funny. If anyone listened to the last one, Mike, Mike compared it to like on Independence Day when all the redneck states were shooting at the, the aliens. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Um, it's in- I, I, about, I want to talk about the reckoning. Like, let's talk about like, because Sam, Sam, is, is just stay out of those conversations. Hammer that on. What, what is what does the reckoning look? I don't want to say the reckoning because, I, but like, yeah. what is the changes? Because Brian brought up a good point that I think was like worth exploring yeah. about how people are gonna have to get more expertise. But like, and you have a good vantage point at True Coach because you get a lot of people coming in, and with that group and the mentorship, you can kind of see what skills are needed. So, kind of, what do you think is going to be important on the other side of this if you want to be successful? Assuming that you, like you don't have it now, like, what are the steps you can maybe take to, I guess, bolster so you can outlast this or outlast the next? Yeah. Well, we just went through the, it was personal training. That's how we all got into this, right? In the 2000s and 90s. Uh, and uh, it moved into, we watched, we watched the semi-private model and the group fitness model come in hot, right? Well, now in the physical location world, community, CrossFit's great for the community piece, but Orange Theory, F45, all these Soul Cycle studios blew the F up, right? And it got a lot of people into fitness that not necessarily love gym stuff, but it got a lot of people moving. Well, all of those are physical locations, right? So... They're all franchises. Does that franchise owner really want to hold on to $15,000 a month rent, right? For that franchise, he's probably going to try to dump it, right? Or like that thing won't. So we're going to see a big drop in those. The big skill that what we're really missing is somehow with coaches, we have to be able to disseminate. I need to improve my internal rotation and my uh, hips ability to adduct and then somehow turn that into like, yeah, I can help you get less low back pain and give you the butt that wants to get smacked, right? Like, as coaches, that's how we have to somehow get that message out from an exercise science physiology to like, how does that client want that message delivered? And coaches don't know how to communicate that. 
So the big lack of what I'm seeing is the ability, and, and this comes from, you know, Brian's talking about expertise, in, in being able to communicate and express your thought and understanding, hey, this is how I train people. I have a conjugate style system or I'm a body weight guy and owning that and being able to deliver, here's how my method helps you, right? And this is what my experience and my history has done to be able to help you because these kids are like, most coaches hate the training industry because they hate sales, right? I always ask every seminar, how many of you want to get into online training because you think it's your way out of doing this? Guess what? It's way harder. Because now you got to be a good enough writer and have a good enough flow and have, you know, you got to know how digital marketing, right? You have to learn a whole new business. So it turns into like, your only saving grace is that you're a personable person, right? But now coaches got away from that because of Instagram and the semi-private model. They didn't have to walk up to someone and say, Andrew, would you like to spend $150 an hour with me for eight, eight hours in a row? Right? Like they, they haven't had to do that. It was a, a median. So now I think we're going to lose that middle, middle class of gyms and the some and the small some of the box stuff. The good boxes will stick around because they they could just last. I think you know Mark Fisher is going to evolve into whatever he evolves into. Luke is going to be fine. Cressy's going to be fine, right? But a lot of the small ones they gonna be gone, right? Unless they got some money in the back uh, to be able to support it. But the key is going to be like we watched this. Oh, it got too general. We started seeing specificity coming back into training. People wanting more specialized offering, and it turned into the coaches like oh like coaches like oh, I want to be like. Cressy is like, yeah, well, Eric's put out a blog every week for 15 years on baseball players, <laughs> and he works with the best baseball players. So if I wanted to market myself who trains MLB players to be another Cressy, yeah, I've got a long ways to fucking go. But at least Cressy, I know how to walk up to someone. Arietta. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but to be able to talk to someone, right? So these coaches, that's what we all do that these young kids haven't had to do yet, right? And they have to learn how to have the conversation. Because it's just back to business development. You can be the smartest trainer in the world, but you still have to learn how to sell. I just started training with Mr. Mike T. Nelson, right? Like, is Mike me? Like, Mike and I are very different people. Like, Mike's not going to, like, go into a room and say, let's see how fast I can be the center of attention. Like, that's my role. That's what I do. I choose if I want to be that person. But he still had to figure out how to get sales that work for him. He gets to play the I'm a hyper smart academic, right, which really helps. And uh, but he, I mean, yeah, do you, if you want to play the Mike T. Nelson role, yeah, were you taking master's levels physiology classes for fun during your engineering degree? No? Okay, well, that's what you got to do to be him. So just learning how to communicate, right? Learning how to break things down, whether it's a movement to like, this is how it helps your goal, to like, how do I sell you something? Because we're moving back into that, right? Like, everybody's an online coach now. So if I'm looking through Instagram being like, all right, I didn't lose my job, I'm okay, but like the snack drawer is too fucking tempting. I better fix my shit. Uh, who do I choose, right? Uh, well, I mean, do I want to go with someone that says, yeah, I can train everybody? Or do I want to go to the person that's like, yeah, you've been like, Mike and I have been talking about my sleep for like the last couple of years. And I'm, I'm like, I finally was like, I got a, a sleep test back from Thorne. And basically my cortisol and melatonin levels are opposite. And I was like, fuck, all right. Like, and then I was like, wait, quarantine. I am not traveling. I literally can control every single variable of my life right now. Wait, Mike, can you accept me as a client? Yeah, great, right? Like it was that, right? But these kids, like they haven't built that up yet. They all want to sell on reputation, but they haven't earned the right to be repetitive, 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 repetitive. Brian, Brian, Brian might know. Brian's a writer. Repetitive. <laughs> I'm not from fucking Newfoundland. No offense, Andrew. <laughs> what, what, what do you what do you think of that, Brian? Because I, I mean, repetitive. <laughs> you kind of. You've written for a long time and like editors and stuff like how, how do I guess what are some like long lasting things that are kind of timeless in terms of creating that identity because like again I think a lot of that comes down to a lot of the content you've done over the years like you've created that thing but what are some key points that you think are helpful I guess coming out of this because I, I think a lot of it like you said that stuff's timeless like creating good content and branding is, is yeah I think the bottom line is you you have to be able to solve people's problems yes and, and just whatever that may be. And like my demographic tends to be more kind of guys around my age and women too, but just normal people with normal problems, kids, commutes, locked out of their gym, <laughs> you know? So if you can solve those problems and be professional, like timely fashion, do what you say and make it about them and not about you. Uh, I think that there's, there's at least there's hope for you. And, you know, getting that message out there—that's that's a lot harder. But at least if you have that 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 skill set to offer, like that's the biggest thing. I see a lot of people with a lot of sizzle but no steak. Yeah. 
Yes. What's it look like though? Like, what does that look like? Because I mean, like, it's easy, like I said, it's I think it's common sense for you guys, but like if you put yeah. it into words, like I'm like young trainer who Sam's making fun of. Um, but like, what does that look like? Well, Brian, tell me what the fuck to do. I'm scared. Well, I was young trainer, like from 97 and I was always just scraping by, you know, just working at four different gyms and bartending and all sorts of shit that young guys do to pay the bills. And, and, <laughs> That's you know, open-ended right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden it just, as I go, all of a sudden it got easier. And as I got older, and I and I, I think it's just because you just you develop all you get all these scars of real life scars and dealing with real life problems <clears throat> and training around it that all, all of a sudden you know this shit and you have something to offer people beyond just a pitch. Yeah. Like I, I have people all the time that have just problems that need solving, just basic logistical stuff. Oh, how do I train when I got to get my kid here and I want to have this meal here? Like just. And you can come at it from a from a very direct, experience based answer. And people are smart; they pick up on that. They're like, "Okay, this guy knows his shit." So, I think um, and, yeah, that's just by living a long time that I learned that. Life experience is one of the most beneficial attributes you totally. can as a personal trainer. I yes. a little known fact: I've been doing this just shy of a decade. I've accumulated a fuck ton of training. I think it's like sixteen thousand hours in person in that time frame. I started my career as a trainer at 32 years of age. So I think that helped a lot. I think yeah. 20, 21 year old trainers, I know there's a lot of them listening here. You know, guys, it, it's not an indictment of you by any stretch, but one of the things that was going to happen is you gain more life experience. Some of the stuff's yeah. going to be easier. It's, I'm paraphrasing what Brian said there. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, I think, I don't, I don't want to say to someone if they're 20 years old, they should be trying to get in the industry. I think it's a great time to learn the technical mm -hmm. skills. Yeah. But I think you still need to, I'll, I'll actually ask this as a question. What do you guys think with the extra time that fitness professionals have right now, what else should they be investing their time in to be better out the other side of this? Oof. Um, that's, yeah. Well, again, I, I just looked at my clients and what their problems were. Like none of them could work out and they had limited stuff at home and, I'm building all these goofy workouts based around some really limited equipment. And it just, all of a sudden it got me building my own gym in my house. Going like, I got to be able to do this too. Like I got to be able to be in the mix. I can't recommend all this stuff and then go across the street to my fitness center. Like, mm -hmm. and so, but it all boils down to just listening. Like if you can yeah. listen to somebody's problem and then solve it the best you can and not bullshit them. Um, in terms of like skills right now, I, I really don't know. I think listening, li yeah, go ahead. Sam, Sam probably already has a list because <laughs> probably you know, yeah. Sam can ramble up. Like, Sam's like one of the best yeah. at like, doing this stuff. probably because you've been teaching for so long. Like, that's yeah. kind of like yeah. your well, like, and that's why I get jaded. Like, I come at it kind of intense because I want to fire you up, right? Like, I had a, a coach email me, she's like, Sam, I don't think I can do this. And I was like, Hey, would you come in and let's talk about this? But I want to do it on camera, uh, so I can record it. Uh, but I was like, Hey. You like you. You're giving me this whole story around how you got into this because you had a great experience with a coach and you want to help people. And now you're getting pissed that like coaches on Instagram have way more clients than you, and you don't, like you can't sell people sessions. And it's like you got to determine right now how much you actually want to help people. If this is what you really want to do, you have to determine what skill do you not possess, and I have to go work on that skill. If sales is the skill you're lacking, yeah. go learn about sales. Yeah. If programming is what you need to get better at, go work on programming. And I want to fire you up, and I want someone to like get a little mad and go, no, I want to fight for it. Cause right now we're in a, in a time, if you don't want to fight for it, you're not going to survive it. Yeah. Right. And we lose too many coaches in this industry who love coaching people because they want to help people because they just don't get enough reps in because they can't sell enough to get their marks. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, I just want to tell you like out of the gate, like gotta, you got to go learn your licks, right? A lot of kids know a lot about programming, a lot about exercise selection, right. Might even coach movement pretty well. Uh, but like being able to relate it, as Brian was talking about, being able to solve the problem, no one gives a shit. Like, does Grandma Betty give a shit if I'm using a yeah. hex bar deadlift or a sumo deadlift or barbell back squats or fucking quadrupedal dead fuck, blah, blah, blah? No, she don't give a shit. She showed up to like be able to dance with her grandson at his wedding, yeah. right? So, yeah, hey, Grandma Betty, uh, you know, we, I'm so glad that your low back's not hurting anymore. Uh, let's start. I want to help get that stronger. And so we're going to, you know, whatever that is. But like, if you're a body weight trainer and animal flow, which I love, dope, do that. If you love fucking kettlebell flow, dope, do that. Just do it well, 
and deliver a great experience. And that's why I'm so intent on like, know your story. Most people get into fitness. They don't get into fitness like me that just did it only because of the economy. And it was the only job I could get coming out in 2008. It's because you had a massive life transformation. You had an injury when you were a kid. You played sports your entire life. And so you, and you love the coaching experience and you really want to do it, right? So now let's get you the tools to be successful. And for most coaches, it's the sales side and it's understanding how to do content and understanding how to market, right? Now all these kids think content's just like posting on Instagram. Oh, but like my first initiative with the True Coach was like, no, we need a blog, right? Blog is like, that's a sales force without me doing it. Because if we're relying on me doing it all the time and I've got a big network, it ain't that, right? Like I've got a number one article on Google when you search online coaching, right? And it's like, that brings 13,000 people a week to the website. So I'm like, that's better than me, right? So learning how to understand your why why did you get into this? Did you battle with your food? Did you battle with your body image? I bet you're going to hear someone talking about something and you're going to be like, damn, I can help them. I see myself in you. Right. And then you can go up like, Hey, Andrew, like I said, you know, what's going on, man? How you doing? What's going on? And Oh yeah, I've actually done that before. You ever thought about doing this? And you become a, a solution provider, not just a, a, I do this shit. Right. And so that's why communication is so important. So whatever skilled coaches that you don't feel you have, and it's the one that you're getting fired up about. The one that's like, nah, I'm good, whatever. It's yeah. that's the one you should go work on and go sharpen your blade, right? Like I just mentioned earlier, I came into this from a more of a business setting than a training setting. So yeah. it was like, I need to learn how to train people, right? Like, yeah. granted, I came into powerlifting and at least I had a pretty good learning experience out of the gate, but like showing up to on it and doing all these courses is like, oh, I need to like go learn, right? Yeah. Like, I have, I can't quote studies, I don't read research, right? And it's like, now I've been able to prove like, hey, while I may not be the guy that's going to name every muscle in the shoulder and give you the best anatomy lesson, I'm going to coach movement pretty well. And that's the game, right? I'm not trying to be, uh, you know, uh, Stu McGill, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Nor do I train Stu McGill. I'm trying to train Grandma Betty. And like, if you really want to go down the spine shit, you can get up to Stu McGill. But like, here's a bunch of other people between him and me that yeah. you might like better. So yeah, yeah just... You make Grandma Betty do hex bar deadlift too heavy. She's gonna be going to Stu McGill. So you might there might be than <laughs> you than you think. Um, the one thing I wanted to touch on is this actually. Fuck, I'm good today. Um, <laughs> you said on the podcast, it what is a hundred and forty episodes are almost that now. So that's good. I like the content creation piece because yeah. this is maybe Brian will be good to like start off with this one. Where, where do people start with because like, I think that that's a skill that maybe we could talk about training and physiology all that stuff but like I think both of you like put content out if you're someone new trying to get into that game as part or additive to kind of building this thing outside yeah. of it whether that be an online business or training or whatever like, where's a good place to start with that or like any advice or steps to kind of dip their feet in the water because like you said it, it does pay off in the long run I think a big problem that people make or people or big, big mistake people make, excuse me, is um, they start off and they're inspired by all their peers. Like, you know, someone mentioned Cressy. Well, I, I wouldn't consider him a peer. He's kind of a Jedi, but you know, like they, they, they love Cressy. And they're like, Oh, I want to be like that. And then they go about and they start writing content that one day maybe will happen upon Eric's radar. And he's going to read it and go, wow, I like this guy. Give him, you know, give him a high five or send him a like <laughs> shit. And Eric's never going to buy from them. Like, you know, I, I like, I've known Eric for 15 years. He's a great guy. He's probably the yeah. best trainer in the industry. He's not going to, he's never going to hire you. Well, you know, as a coach, like you, you want to write stuff to that will help the end reader, like your, your yeah. potential customer, like whatever their needs are. And that will actually probably be the content that would impress Eric Cressy. Not, you know, whether you can rattle off you know, all the muscles of the, of the shoulder cuff. And, and so like, that's, like you have to solve your cus your potential customers' problems. Yes, that's cool because that that, cut, that brings yeah. us back around to like basically your simple advice there. It's like solving yeah. problems and yeah. then figure out content for that. Sam, where's your headline in this? Because you've yeah. been in multiple companies and I know you're head of heads wired for this. Yeah, so like, where, yeah. Where I mean, I actually teach workshops around this, and and uh, you know, with content, there's so much content out there now. You can do that. Do you want to do social media? Do you want to do blog? Do you want to do email? Do you want to do a Facebook group? Do you want to do a podcast? What, what I want people to focus on first is what's the one that you're naturally good at, yeah, right? Yeah. Most people, like, I, I do probably five podcasts a week in different variations. And, like, my team's like, what are you going to talk about? I don't know. I'll turn it on and figure it out, right? Because yeah. I'm like, oh, I've done this for so long. Like, all you got to do is yeah. prompt me and I can rattle shit off. And I talk more than most people anyway. So, for me, it just turns into, uh, like, okay, me being on camera, that's way easier for me than yeah. writing, 
Like yeah. if you want me to sit down and write like, oh shit, that's not a good strategy for me, nor am I good at it. Yeah. So it's like, okay, but then it turns into like, all right, let's, how much time do you have? If you're a, a parent with three kids at home, well, you writing a blog post a week or a day may not be the move for you because like that doesn't match your lifestyle. So let's, so, but maybe, okay, you're a good writer. You really liked writing. That's a, way, a great way for you to express yourself. What can you do to get the ball rolling? Oh, I can do a monthly newsletter. Dope. Social media drives to the monthly newsletter. Monthly newsletter is where you have your calls to action to, for your services, whatever those services might be, right? But now you're leveraging what you do really well. But so many kids look at, I'm so terrible. And most people, they are bad at video, right? Like yeah. if we, if you don't realize why news anchors make a fuckload of money until turn on a camera and try to start reading something and do yeah. it well. And then it's like, oh, I'm like, now do it live, yeah. right? Like it's tough. So if you're not a video person, don't start out with video because you're going to be, unless you're willing to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. If you're going to be like a Mike Robertson and say, I'm going to do this every day for 30 days to get good at it, then don't do it. Yeah. But it has to line up with your life. So figure out what do you want to write? Do you want to do video? Do you want to do long form? Do you want to do short form? Mm -hmm. What's the best channel based on where your audience is at? If I'm targeting boomers and helping them just do at-home workouts and build better habits, I'm not dancing my ass on TikTok. I'm probably yeah. writing a long form blog post on Facebook that's like five ways to get rid of low back pain without going to the chiropractor, right? Yeah. And then it's like, oh, I will, yeah. Like I'm targeting my mom, right? And she's like, I'll click on that because she'll believe anything. Yeah. And so then it turns into like, okay, that fit my skill set. If you want to then develop into video, right? Like let's look at some of these Instagram personalities. They caught fire because of just, they just hit the button, right? Yeah. Like, for whatever reason, their look, their style, their voice, the way they shoot their videos, they just did it. But guess what? They're insecure about where they're at because they're like, oh shit, they know they got a short runway because there's nothing else, right? Yeah. The downfall of social media is there's no legs behind it. At least with Google legs. and YouTube, Sorry. well, you know, or the next piece up. But like Google, that's, I mean, that's still the most search site on the internet. So yeah. you're gonna want some sort of writing abilities, right? So it really like determine what avenues your best avenue, video or, or written, long form, short form, Where's your audience? And then does, how do you make that content that you're good at fit onto that platform and then be consistent? Something really important to point out too, and Brian, you said this and Sam, you reiterated it, that you have to make things for your intended audience. Now, you mentioned dancing on TikTok and this got me thinking. So a good friend of ours, Soki Lee, he and Ben Carpenter have been doing a lot of TikTok fucking around on her social media and she's having fun with it. Yeah. This podcast, Dean and I, as the host of this podcast, we probably gear this podcast towards people that we don't train, okay? So there's an incongruency there. That's okay. If you've spent a lot of time in this and you built your core offerings, yeah. and you know, someone like Sohi is a very successful person, a very large following, she has tons of clientele, she writes a ton, and if then you turn around and want to, for enjoyment, do things like have a podcast that's geared towards a different audience or yeah. fool around on Instagram, then that stuff's okay. But don't mistake what they're doing as really entrenched, established people with a strong foundation. It was like the writing first, who did the strong YouTube series first. Yeah. And then they decided to play with some things they enjoy. Like if you are someone who's still building your clientele and your brand, I think that your energy and time really needs to be directed in accessing the person who might buy from you. It's like yeah. Spencer though, like Spencer Natalski. He's like good on memes and good on Instagram. And then he's like fucking around on TikTok. <laughs> They're like the worst TikTok videos ever. And super raunchy. And it was just it was just interesting seeing like people play in those in those realms. Oh. When you said TikTok, um, Sam, I just thought of Brian making TikTok videos. And I know that's not gonna happen. Never. But if it did, like I would totally make fun of you. But it, it but it's interesting. <laughs> get, Mark, get Mega Marty with you on TikTok videos, please, Brian. Oh, yeah. that, would, that would just be wonderful. That would, I'd fuck it up somehow and then put out an X-rated one of something. I don't know. But no, don't. No, no, that, not deliberately. Not we weren't going there. Like, why'd you go no. there? <laughs> like our buddy Jeff Snow. Did you ever hear this story? <laughs> Jeff Snow is uh, Spencer Nadolsky's nutrition guy, right? He's a good yeah. friend. He's over in Halifax. And so somehow Jeff accidentally turns on a live feed to Spencer's like entire... Uh, like 
clientele, something like some sort of clientele or whatever. And, it, and he's just like laying there in bed shirtless. And he has no idea that he's live streaming video to like his entire uh, library of clients. So thank God he didn't do anything. Oh. Well, it's like my, my other buddy, he, I didn't realize what the date was. All of a sudden he texts me. He's like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? He goes, you have nudes on your stories. No. <laughs> I'm like, what? Is that like, I don't have those on my phone, but I checked anyways. But so I'm, and all of a sudden he's like, April Fools. I'm like, oh. Anyway. <laughs> That's a good There's yeah. nobody really April Fools this year because I, I know there's a lot of people. There was no way you could beat what's actually happening. But I I like that. I think if we actually roll it back around, it's like, I think that, I don't want to say that everyone doesn't know what they're good at, but the the problem is like things are changing too. Like every, Mm -hmm. seems like every month or every, every half a year. And so, but it's, I guess maybe this is where I'd like to get, even start Sam off here. What What do you think about like trying new things? And like how much investment do you do to realize you either are good at it or you suck at it? Because at the same time, like, some of the mediums like are helpful for people, but they might yep. suck at it. So like, what, what do you have any totally. advice on, on that end? Well, on the first end, you have to go into it and decide that you want to do it, right? And that you're gonna do it and that you may not be good at it and you gotta get better at it, right? Like I bet my career at True Coach on me writing, which I am not a good writer, right? But I got a badass copywriter, right? That really helped, that saves my ass. And so like, you have to be willing to get better at it. Well, there comes a point in time where like you have to evaluate your, your energy and you have to be introspective around like, all right, is this just not the thing, right? Like maybe me doing a podcast, like a lot of people want to do podcasts, right? And it's, it's a lot of fucking work. Like mine's shut down right now for the last year and I've got episodes sitting that I'm like, fuck, right? Because it's a lot of work. I just don't have bandwidth to do, right? I don't look at that as a failure. I just know that I have a lot of crap going on. If you're a young coach, you got to go in saying, all right, I'm going to do it and I'm going to try to get better at it. And then you're going to have to have an honest conversation after a while and be like, all right, is this still the route? Or did this build a tool to get me to the next step, right? So like, I I wish there was a deadline to say you do something for X amount of time. I don't think most people try things long enough to know if they're going to be good at it. Like I had a coach recently tell me that I'm like, hey, how's your blog going now that COVID's here? Like you must have time to write now. I shut it down. It wasn't getting any traction. I was like, why? Like, why would you not put out a blog a week right now while you're young, right? Like, yeah. you're not going to beat Cressy, right, right now, right? Like, if you want to, like, look at his track record. His fucking index thing goes to, like, 99, right, of, like, articles. So it's, like, if you want to be him, you got to do what he does and just expect that, like, if I want to be the baseball guy, you better undoubtedly go, I'm going to do everything I can to be the baseball guy. What can I soak up? What do I need to do? What do I got to learn? And you're just going to keep at it, and hopefully you become that. But what is the, why are you doing it? And that's why most people get into this in the wrong way. It's like, you expect going digital and marketing to be lifelong success and billions of dollars and sponsorships instead of like, oh, this is just the way for me to help more people. Or this is the way for me to help the people I set out to help and the way to help my business, right? Like, did you guys set out to be the fucking biggest thing in the fitness industry? No, you guys set out to be the best person you could be, help the most amount of people you could in the best way you possibly can. And you now have done it long enough to where people respect you to come on the show and want to do this because they like you, right? But it's not because, like, I don't even know what certs you have, Andrew, right? I know you have a bunch, right? I help people. I, have, I, <laughs> I just wanted to talk shit. This right. My so, but, like, that's what coaches think. So it really turns into, like, hey, why are you doing it? You yeah. do it long enough, right? Like, it probably was discouraging at first with Fitness Devil where it's like, oh, shit. Like, uh, uh, all right. And then now it's like, oh, okay, cool. Got some momentum. But just, like, your own businesses and just, like, training, like, Oh, sweet. Stepped on a Lego again. Awesome. Oh, getting kicked in the shin again. Awesome. Oh, you know, softball on the balls. Awesome. I mean, that's business, right? So it's like, all right, are you willing to go through it? And so I would say, just go into it saying like, don't even look for an insight and just do everything you can to get better at it until you finally have the, all right, this is not serving my time because I'm going to, this is, I I got to this skill set because now I can go do this. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, you write four blog posts and think you're going to be the fucking next T Nation. Uh, mm, well, SEO is going to have a real problem with that. You make a fun of Andrew uh, right now? Andrew's got, uh, got four posts. Funny, funny enough, I think I'd probably written about six articles on my own website and then T Nation asked me to go write for them. So it was just, but Perfect. that wasn't because of that. And that's a fluke. Nope. People need to understand that. That actually doesn't encompass, like, up to that point, God, like almost, it was like eight and a half years of career a lot of networking and connecting with people, uh, traveling to events, obviously that's off the table for probably a little while, but that was actually a big catalyst. The podcast, which 
Dean saw old YouTube videos that I was doing. He's like, hey, let's do a podcast. That turned into a weekly thing that we've been doing for mm -hmm. over two years, almost two and a half years. Mm -hmm. And that led to a conversation with Danny Sugart, teen Nation writer and editor, who is unbelievable. Like, love Danny to death. And then she turned around and asked me to come write for, yeah. for that. So, yeah, it, it was a few uh, you know, articles that I finally got around to doing on my webpage because a friend of mine built me a webpage. So I'm technically entirely inept at this stuff. Dean loves to make money. You are. It's not and it wasn't just a few articles. I worked very, very hard at studying mm -hmm. writing so that way I would do a very good job on them. That's mm -hmm. why I'm kind of slower with these articles. But it was all these other things and all these other steps. So you would, guys, you have such a beautiful opportunity right now with the extra time, even going above and beyond what the clientele you have, to put time into content creation mm -hmm. right? you guys talk sam you talk about if you're better on video okay good if you're a good writer great but just start practicing and doing this stuff because you're mm -hmm. if you can't do it now then waiting for a better time isn't going to happen right mm -hmm. something may not take off right now like you said you have to put in the reps maybe a year year and a half two years five fucking years from now you're in year number two in your career hey maybe five years from now the actions today that you consistently do will put you in a position where you are writing for something like Teen Nation mm -hmm. five years from now, or writing for the Personal Trainer Development Center, or Men's Health, or Shape Magazine. Uh, who is it? My friend Savon Fagan. She just recently got asked, I think it's Self Magazine, I'm pretty sure that she's involved with, and she writes for bodybuilding.com. You know, and that was lots yeah. of reps. And her first language is not English. <laughs> And she learned it and wrote and got better at writing despite the yeah. fact that she wasn't yeah. even that great at writing, according to her, writing in her second language. And that didn't happen because she sat on it, yeah. waited, and then finally, for the right time, did a couple things that had happened. No, fuck no. She did tons of stuff when no one was paying attention. And I bet, Brian, from the day you first started writing and coaching to when you started having your name out there, I bet you that was a very long period of time. It was in the 50s. Yes. <laughs> most of the really accomplished people in yeah. yeah if you can that that was like really good brian, I, I think yeah. brian had it on mute no 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 <laughs> no man got mad at that one out of all the jokes that one should not be the one you get mad at yeah i don't know i, no, I think of all, all the superpowers you can develop uh if you can get good at writing man that opens doors What's your experience with that? Because I, I think like, I actually like, I don't think we've ever talked, we kind of talked about writing, but like, yeah. what is that? Like, I don't think the process has changed oh. that much. So like, what is, what does that look like for someone kind of getting into it? Just from your perspective. Okay. Well, no, well this is going to be, well, I, this, this will be the discouraging answer. Cause like, I got a, I got a previous life, you know, like I got a, I got an English degree and then I got a journalism degree and then, um, you know, for four years, I associate edited for a company that rhymes with T-Nation. And so I rewrote many of these articles that people love so much. I rewrote them because most of these fuckers can't write, <laughs> with the exception of Cressy. Um, you know, so, and then that came to an end, but I had this skill set. So that's, and that is just an enormous thing to have that, you know, I could take to other areas. If, mm -hmm. uh, but if you can learn to and it's a different kind of writing. It's writing for the internet. is It's succinct and it's punchy and it's um, it's just it's just down to down to brass tacks, as they used to say. You got to get right at the customer, get their attention, and just you can always tell when somebody's good because they just use fewer words. Well, how do they go about doing that? Because I, I again, that's like, that's it, well, that's the discouraging thing. The, yeah. It's just like learning copy. You know, how you learn good copy, you fucking rewrite other people's copy. Like it's so for me being paid to rewrite other people's articles that got me quite a bit better um so i mean not everyone has that opportunity but you want to get good at writing you write you write and you write and, and you then you will look back at your writing from two years ago like i look back at my my writing now from two years ago and i'm like that is shit i go i, I can't believe you know i want to edit it but i don't have time yeah um, and you just like you, that's you just learn by doing I'll, uh, I'll give you guys, anyone listening who's interested, yeah. a couple of thoughts I think will be really helpful. So there's yeah. one book that I always recommend. It's called On Writing Well. It's an easy, easy to process yeah. book, access book that will make you a better writer. I'm now going through Everybody Writes by Anne Handley. 
another unbelievable book. These two books, if you will write, read them and absorb them, will really help your structural quality of writing, how will you approach it. And I think the underrated thing, people malign regular social media content creation, but it's actually one of the best ways yeah. to put a ton of reps in as a writer. Don't just splash something up quickly to do it. You have an opportunity to create something of depth and quality. If you will write and edit a Facebook post or an Instagram post, and maybe you commit to doing one of these a day, you carve out 45 minutes to an hour to do it because you want to build all the stuff big picture. Yeah. That's a great investment. Imagine this, imagine you get an idea that's a bigger, broader idea for an article or some sort of series. What if you break it down into component pieces that you can put on your social media? Then take them on and edit them and do a really good job with them. And then take them as you write this larger thing. You're building a pyramid one block at a time. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of a 10 or 15 day stretch of this stuff, you take that all and you package it together and you edit it a little bit, put it together. And all of a sudden now you actually have the contents for a, a whole article. Yeah. You do a really good job with that. You have in a small daily dose, put together a larger article that was really intimidating and scary that you couldn't even get started on. So break it down into those smaller tasks. Yeah. I think social media writing is one of the best things you could do in practice. Mm -hmm. If I can add, you know, I, I did a podcast with uh, Mike Robertson recently and, you know, Mike's been putting out content so consistently for fucking years, right? He was one of the first guys in that info product group with like Al One and Joe Ken back in the day. And, uh, you know, like one of the questions we get all the time is like, how do you know what to create? And it's like, oh yeah, okay. Like, and Mike was just like, take every question your clients ever asked you and make that content. And I was like, yeah, what a great way to say that, right? Like, yeah. you know, or like if you sit down and like, I always, I like, I'm a big uh, interpersonal communicator and like, I want to see what lights someone on fire. What like gets them to just get on their rant and like, oh, that's their thing, right? Like, I want to see that version of every person I interact with because I want to know the real them. Yeah. And so with your writing, what fires you the fuck up about whatever, right? Is about, oh, I hate the way people coach the squad. Or, and just like get words out there and see your words on the page. Right? Like I am not a writer. It's not the way I like to express myself. It wasn't the way I, I excelled in life. Uh, but like, oh, I gotta get a blog going because that's gonna be the best of the digital marketing strategy for true coach, yada, yada. Oh, I wake my ass up at four in the morning and just kind of like pump words onto a page. And like, for me, I didn't know really know where to start. And like, I don't like to be confined in the box where it's like, I'm gonna work on this article till it's done. Cause I'm like, fuck the article, right? And so I'll just work on like 10 articles. Like, oh, here's a great thought. And then I've got 10 notes with like, <sighs> like a different bunch of stuff. Well, what I realized that happened, right? How many of you guys have uh, notebooks and Apple notes and Google notes all over your phone with just ideas that you just jot all the time. Okay. Yeah. I was like, Oh shit. I have all these ideas of stuff I've thought of over the years and I do, I'd never go back and look at them. So I took a four hour chunk. I took a Sunday. I said, all right, you're going to take time to plan time to plan. And I pulled every Apple note, every Google note, every doc, every partial article I'd ever written and sat down and was like, what do I have here? Let me, start funneling my ideas. Here's my fitness business ideas. Here's the marketing ideas. Here's product ideas. Here's my personal ideas. And I hang it. You can see I have poster board in my house that it's like all my ideas are scattered. So I can look up like, oh, okay, I've thought about that. Great. I can go jot the thought down. And then it's like, I've attended to it. But like, for me, it's like, sometimes you just have a great idea. What I think is an article and it ends up just being a great paragraph of a thought. Right. And so that's like, oh, okay, I just need to hold on to that because where's that going to go later? And so I'll work on like 10 things at one time. And then all of a sudden I'm like, all right, I've re I'm really down on this article. Or if you really have something to say, I'm like, oh, I just jammed that out. Right? Like, how did I just write like 12 pages on whatever topic? It was just like, it just, cause it came out of you. Cause you know it so well. So it goes back to our early conversation around the value, the problem that you're solving. You need to get so good at solving the problem that you can just talk about it in any which way or form. Someone grabs you at the grocery store. I can talk about it. I can write a blog. I can talk about an email, social media post, right? What problem are you out in the market trying to solve and who are you trying to really help and why are you trying to help them? You guys are going to forget these brilliant little inspirations and these questions that your clients bring up if you don't write them down during it. If you're not in front of your poster board, the thing that I always do, and I think a lot of people do the same, is your notes. I mean, I use a tablet, right? Yeah, so yeah. pop it in a note. I'll even say to a client, yeah. that was a wonderful idea. This is going to turn into a great social media post. And they're invested because... I always thank them, like, hey, you inspired something. They love that shit. And then when I post it, oh, they always get excited when they see it. So then you save that idea, and then you don't always have to spend an hour, two hours with this brainstorming content creation cycle. Oh. You have these things that you can run with. I have this massive library of stuff. 
And when I started really getting serious about posting regularly on Instagram and watching yeah. my start to grow rapidly, it was because I had this massive reservoir of stuff. I'd pick something and go, I want to run with this idea this week. And then post it up, create this little Twitter graphic, chop it up, put it up there. Simple, easy. And, and they, they get shared, they get great traction. So mm-hmm. it's not as hard to find social media content as you think. And then maybe something's really good. Maybe there's an idea that hits. Some of my articles have been an idea that I posted on Facebook that got a lot of response, got a lot of discussion. I think, well, I can expand on that. And I think there's actually a bigger, bigger idea here. Mm-hmm. Brian, I actually want you to touch on it. Cause like, I was actually just looking at like, what's, I remember what Brian's been writing, but like, how, how have you been getting inspiration to write some of your shit now? Because it's kind of like, you have know, sick Twitter things and you go on like a rant, but like, what's your process right now? Yeah, I'm ranting a little bit on Twitter just because, well, the way I actually do have a very mechanical process is that, is like most coaches, I'm in my office all day and I'm answering questions and I maybe have a TV on in the background and something will pop in my head and I've, I think it has legs, I'll tweet it. And, um, and I just don't even think about it. And then maybe over a course of a few days, I'll look back and some of them will get a lot more traction than others. And that I might turn into a Facebook post or I might turn that into like my five boner Friday I used to do. Um, and if, whatever something when I'm writing it out and expanding on it if it really kind of stokes me I'll turn it into a blog or I'll turn it into a newsletter so I'm always repurposing um but it, the it always starts with that initial thought that I have total random thing or, or a clock you know and I just throw it out there you kind of do what Sam does except for you do yeah. it, you use Twitter so instead of it being on your poster board it just goes yeah. straight to Twitter which could get you in trouble but yeah, oh no I, I it does like it and People, you know, but I don't, you don't I don't, care. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't give a shit about Twitter. I, like everyone's full of shit on Twitter anyway. Um, but for me, it's just a place to put these ideas out, and um, and then occasionally maybe I'll expand it. I'll throw it on Instagram, but I'm too lazy to take a picture. I'll just literally copy my tweet and put it on Instagram and whatever. Well, but that's I, uh, you should hire guy, that guy back who is running your Instagram, who is posting all those pictures of you. Oh fuck yeah! No, I know. <laughs> Uh, Peter yeah. does the same thing you do, where he'll uh, he'll read books and then he grabs an idea and he'll put it on his Twitter and and it sort of tests the water to exactly. see if, yeah. if it works and then if it does it, it goes further. So it's a, it's a good strategy in his work. Is I think that's good to put that out there though because it, it, it it's funny because even Sam had the same thing. It just like it just manifested a little differently. Yeah, yeah. all your ideas were tested, so to speak, and Sam just doesn't know, but he has them. Boom. But here's a cautionary note though. This is actually one of my stories. I used to be a big I'm still a big writer downer of idea guy, and I had a fucking book, at least at least this big, full of article ideas and tweets and just and and also personal stuff like life goals, like everything, and it disappeared. I don't know what the I don't know what happened. It was actually, but my mother was in from out of town visiting me. I, she had the worst weekend because it was just me tearing my house up looking for this book, and it. It felt like I lost part of my story. Uh, I never took it. Took it. Took rhyme book. He lost his rhyme book. His rap career. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, but in a way, it was kind of liberating. So I'm like, now I'm starting over, man. I'm like, so. How long ago was that? Uh, about two two months. Oh damn! So that's like real. oh recently. It was horrible. Horrible. Brian, just like for advice. I was gonna say we have um we have a digital now like there's one that or Evernote so you gotta get like if you want some help yeah. like I'll show you. Then, uh, I got I got like, some of these ideas pop up on social media somewhere some coach yeah. like starts to share all your shit and they stole your rhyme book. Guys, uh, I was gonna I'll say I'm out of time here. I apologize. So oh, I yeah. wanted to make sure yeah. that uh, we remind everybody where to find you guys and uh, obviously yeah. really grateful you took the time to come and chat with us today. I, I hope from the energy of this episode, everybody walks away a little inspired and, and wants to go check out Brian's cutting wit and Sam's, uh, you know, enthusiasm for everything. You made that up on the spot. That was pretty good. That was like, pretty good. Um, Brian, we'll start with you. Um, yeah. Where do they find your five boners? Five boners? Yeah, well, there won't be one this Friday because I'm like, I'm out of time. But that's on Facebook. And uh, I still do my blog, but I... My blog, yeah, my blog does okay, and that's BrianCron.com. But Facebook's my big thing, and and yeah, I'm I'm out there, man. Been here a while, not going anywhere. <laughs> You're extraordinarily well respected in the industry, and and I always like to point that out. You know, when it comes to 
a lot of the soft skills of coaching. Uh, I, I think there are very, very few people in your league at it, which is why I off, I will always direct people. If you want to learn the art of being a better coach, you really do need to go and, and follow Brian and absorb what he's doing. So, Thank Sam, you. What you got? We're, 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 what's kind of the best avenue right now for all the stuff you got going on? There's a lot. Oh, uh, man. Uh, check out my website, sampogue.com. Uh, it's got my reading list. It's kind of where I drive most people to it is to just share the books I've been reading. It makes it easy to like, you're always trying to give people book recommendations to so just have it on your website. Uh, and then Instagram, I'm, I haven't been good at posting lately because I uh, mostly have been buried in my job, right? Like, uh, so go to truecoach.co if you want to look at an online training platform, a 30-day trial, uh, and then uh, read the blog. I mean, I've got um, uh, a nice blog going there, and I've got some guest writers in there, and mostly about fitness business and training and marketing and improving your business. Um, and, uh, yeah, we try to put out really authentic content, right? It's not the same – it's not copy. I know it's branded content from a brand, but like it's, it's, you're going to hear like my ranty type voice, right. In these, in these articles, it's not, it's not cookie cutter fluff, I guess, from a, from a content setting, I want to be really authentic. So truecoach.co, please check out the blog. Uh, and hopefully that's valuable for you guys. And uh, just to point out too, that I do use, I use true coach for my online training. I don't do a lot of it, but I, I love oh. the platform and I, yeah. I endorse it heavily guys. Thanks for both of you guys coming on. We really appreciate awesome. it. And all the listeners guys. Thanks for, for tuning in. I know a lot of you guys are spending much time on commutes and other things. So your opportunity to listen to this kind of stuff actually is down, even though you have more free time. So it means you're actively choosing to listen to this. So we really appreciate that. I'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, shoot me a message in my inbox on Instagram. I'd love to chat and find out how you're doing. Uh, thanks, for every, thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, coming and uh, speaking to us, guys. Shut up and sit down.